0: Hi everybody and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. I'm Austin. And we are here this week to talk to you about the things that you didn't learn in school, didn't learn entirely, or learned incorrectly.
1: Yes. As
0: opposed to every other week when we are talking about...
1: Um, Tiger King, uh, Love at First Sight, (laughs) Love is Blind, Supernatural.
0: Uh, Those things are actually, one of those things is actually written into my piece today.
1: Okay, I don't want to know, but I really want to know. I can't wait to find out what- It's a really
0: minor reference. Ooh. Now it might sound a little different part of our sound buffer system broke and we either need to fix it or replace it, but we're still here.
1: You can still listen to us week after week.
0: We are on week 31 now, I think.
1: I don't even know anymore. It's time has lost all meaning.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of how I feel these days, too. Like, we are in week five or six of the self-distancing.
1: Straight up don't know anymore.
0: I do know that today is Sunday. The only reason I know what day of the week it is is because I still work nine to five Monday through Friday.
1: I only know it's Sunday because I heard the church bells because those are automated now and they just happen.
0: They've been automated forever.
1: I know, and that's the only reason I know it was Sunday is because I heard the bells, the tinted nebulation of the bells,
0: <laughs> and that was a deep cut into some Poe right there, yeah, like that was some that was some lesser known Poe I
1: know how I know my Poe
0: I don't know what to say it's,
1: there's not a really response to someone <laughs> claiming that they know they' Edgar Allan Poe.
0: Uh, let's see what's happened in the last week. Uh, I used some overtone on my hair to dye it bluish. I already have dark brown hair.
1: Yeah, now that you've got like a little bit of a backlight to you, I can see a little bit of blue, but mm-hmm. like not a lot.
0: And we had our anniversary. We've been married for four years. We posted the first ever pictures of us on our Instagram. So if you were wondering what we looked like, you prepare can-
1: to be disappointed. <laughs>
0: It doesn't help that we have quarantine hair right now, at least I do. You look the same. I
1: look exactly the same, because she shaves my head.
0: In his sleep, without his permission.
1: She wrote some very nasty curse words on the back.
0: I do regularly threaten to nair his head while he sleeps.
1: I I already look like a baby, and if I have to, like, (laughs) shave my face to wear a mask, I'm going to look like a double baby.
0: (laughs) What is a double baby?
1: It's basically a giant man-child. It's like two babies if you... Smoosh them together
0: okay austin giant man child is donald trump and i don't think there's anything you could do that would make you look like donald trump
1: we've got some sweet potatoes downstairs i could just mash them up and rub them all over my face <laughs> until i am kind of orange
0: oh he comes up well his regime comes up during my topic today Ugh. we had our we had our anniversary and oh there's a cat up here now say hi draco
1: Draco doesn't say hi. He's the quiet boy.
0: Draco has been like trying to do my job for me over the last week. Like he keeps jumping on my lap and trying to cl- type on my computer.
1: Yeah, um, you know how some people are talking about how their pets have taken over as like their co-workers? Draco has definitely taken over as our supervisor.
0: He's one hell of a micromanager too.
1: I'll go downstairs and try and bug her while she's working and Draco will just look up and glare at me from his perch directly behind her. So he's looking over her shoulder the entire time she's working.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a good boy, though. Quality content as I pet my cat. Oh, now he's climbing up.
1: He's climbing up. He's going to knock over the microphone. I Draco! Can just, I can sense it.
0: Come on, get down. Come on. Draco. We could move him. We are the superior species, because we have thumbs and for no other reason. He's such a good boy. He is a good boy. All right, so you go first this week. What are you I talking gotta go about? I'm going to go first this week. I'm continuing in some grand
1: traditions in which I'm just going to talk about a French landmark because <laughs> I'm out of ideas. <laughs>
0: Okay, Austin, we've got all of human history. How can you be out of ideas? Because I'm really dumb. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So I'm going to talk about... It's actually the most iconic French landmark, which we learned surprisingly little, little little about because it's just kind of there. Okay. And it's on everything. And when you think of France, what do you think of first, other than smelly cheeses and rude people?
0: The Statue of Liberty.
1: Yes. Actually, the Statue of Liberty <laughs> does come up because I'm going to talk about the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Which... Uh, Built by Gustave Eiffel, he also designed, like, the interior structure of the Statue of Liberty that keeps it up. His company did that, too. And he built the Eiffel Tower, the most iconic French thing there is. It is a 1,063-foot tower. Uh, It was built by Gustave Eiffel's company in 1889 as part of Paris' World Fair. That's Um, the
0: extent of my knowledge on the Eiffel Tower.
1: It uh, surpassed the Washington Monument as the tallest structural structure in the world when it was built. And it would be the tallest structure until 1931 when the Chrysler Building was completed in New York City. The greatest city in the world. I was hoping you'd start singing Hamilton. You're missing so many things today.
0: <laughs> no, I got it. I got it.
1: Uh, in the year 2015, nearly 7 million people paid to visit the Eiffel Tower.
0: But you could see it.
1: But this is, like, people who played to climb it and go up inside of it and do stuff, because you still have to pay to go up the Apple Tower?
0: Actually, you have to pay to go to Stonehenge. Wow. Yeah, it's, like, out there in the middle of a field, but you have to pay to go in because of the amount of graffiti that people were doing on it. <gasps> Those bastards. My family might have gone and stood outside of the uh, fence and taken pictures, like, through the fence. That's... <laughs> I mean, we want to see stuff, but we don't want to pay to see stuff.
1: That's Our families are so similar. <laughs> Again, it's easily the most iconic building in the world. And it's so central to the French national identity that when Hitler took over, captured Paris in World War II, he actually ordered it to be demolished. Mm-hmm. But no one ever followed through on those orders, thankfully. Um, here's another note about... You know, uh, the Eiffel Tower during World War II The French resistance uh, Cut the elevator cables when Paris was captured So the Nazis would have to climb All of those stairs to fly their flag From the top (laughs) In like one of the pettiest moves It's
0: We are going to make this mildly
1: inconvenient It's like, oh, you wanted to take The nice elevator right to the top no, no No I have offended that is an entire- <laughs>
0: shit, and I love it. I know. Hey, I, fe- I feel like I get to be, like, the decider on what's offensive or not. My last name is French, and we have, mm-hmm. we have have there's a whole area named after my family, so-
1: Okay, good. Let me know if I need to wheel uh, rein back Granted, on making fun of- it's a
0: Canadian version, so maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I might get no say.
1: I don't know. I'm going to continue to make fun of France until France comes over here and stops me, but they can't because of social distancing. France. Checkmate.
0: Yeah, France doing a better job at this than we are.
1: Uh, everyone's doing a better job than us. You just hear that, Kenya? Um, what a mayor there got in trouble for giving everyone a coronavirus care package with Hennessy in it. Ah! He was claiming that it was a throat sanitizer.
0: I mean, is it not?
1: I I would have been so happy to receive that.
0: Okay, can, can either of us drink Hennessy?
1: No, but like it's the thought that counts.
0: It is the thought that counts.
1: I hear Fezik. <laughs> Someone got jealous of Draco earlier. So this big, famous building that is beloved by an entire country and famous throughout the entire world, it will not shock you to learn that the French hated it at first.
0: We hate most things that we grow to love. That's how you and I got started.
1: Before it was even built, 100 French notable artists, authors, musicians, playwrights, uh, including Alexandre Dumas and Guy de Maupassant, Uh, signed a letter to keep this hulking metal monstrosity that served no purpose from looming over the Paris skyline, blighting everyone's eyes. So let me read you a quote from this letter, translated, obviously, because I'm not going to butcher French. I'm not that mean.
0: We butcher languages every single week on this podcast, Austin.
1: I'm only going to butcher English this week and some French and a little bit of (laughs) Austrian. So uh, we writers, painters, sculptors, architects, and passionate devotees of the hitherto untouched beauty of Paris protest with all our strength, with all our indignation in the name of slighted French taste against the erection of this useless and monstrous Eiffel Tower. To bring our arguments home, imagine for a moment a giddy, ridiculous tower dominating Paris like a gigantic black smokestack. Crushing underneath its barbaric bulk, Notre Dame, the Tour Saint-Jacques, the Louvre, the Dôme Les Invalides, the Arc de Triomphe, and all our humiliated monuments will disappear in this ghastly dream. And for 20 years, we shall see, stretching out like a blot of ink, the hateful shadow of the hateful column of bolted sheet metal.
0: Even in that translation, you somehow managed to butcher some French words. I
1: totally (laughs) did. I'm bad at this. They weren't fans. No. Uh, the author, Guy de Maupassant actually reportedly would go to eat lunch in the tower all the time because it was the one place in Paris where he couldn't see the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't completely wrong because the Eiffel Tower actually didn't serve a purpose other than being the tallest building. It didn't do anything. Uh, Gustave Eiffel was actually really defensive about how, how it actually didn't serve a purpose. And he claimed that, no, it actually had scientific purposes in studying astronomy, physics, and meteorology.
0: How much was it used for those things?
1: Almost not at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, everyone even says, like, no, we don't need to be in this giant tower to study those things. We can study those things from from slightly lower heights than this giant tower.
0: Come
1: on. It was used for some experiments in radiant energy that led to the discovery of cosmic rays in 1910. But the tower wasn't necessary for those experiments.
0: Fezzik is fat.
1: <laughs> Fezzik is very fat. It actually wouldn't serve a purpose until many years later when it was used for radio broadcasting, for jamming German radio signals in World War One, and for television broadcasts. And But again, it was not designed with that purpose in mind. And they just thought, hey, we've got this really tall tower. Let's use it for this. And it worked. And people claim that Gustav Eiffel was ahead of his time for his tower for, for serving this purpose. But he wasn't. <laughs>
0: He just wanted to build the biggest Lego house.
1: He just wanted to build the biggest Lego house.
0: But not the Ed Sheeran kind. The no. actually useless the, kind.
1: Ed Sheeran is not actually useless. He's friends with Taylor Swift and that is his purpose.
0: And he's Charlie Weasley.
1: Oh my God, he is Charlie Weasley.
0: He is. He's the only Weasley not appearing in this film.
1: Yeah.
0: sick. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear this cap purr, but it is something else. So
1: even though the, everyone hated it before it was built, it will not shock you to learn that it was an instant success. Mm-hmm. At the inauguration, the President of France, the King of Siam, the Bay of Djibouti, not Beyonce, the Shah of Persia, the Lord Mayor of London, the former Queen of Madagascar, the son of the Khedive of Egypt, and a famous clown named Tom Tit
0: were all in attendance. Yeah. Because we got all these royalties and we got a fucking clown?
1: It was listed amongst the notables in an LA Times article I read.
0: There, was there a picture of the clown?
1: Okay. I tried to look up this clown, because it's like, all these other things made sense, but why would they mention this clown, Tom Tit? Do not Google clown Tom Tit. Don't. There is, is no- it Tom
0: with an H or Tom with no H?
1: Tom with no H. T-O-M-T-I-T. There is no safe search safe enough for this search. You're looking it up right now.
0: Oh, 100%. You're
1: just going to see a bunch of clown tits. That's all you're going to see. Nothing but clown tits. Um uh that's, that's just a Skel- scary old man that's
0: red skeleton
1: he's a skeleton
0: no this, this is, is from a high this quality is
1: great quality
0: no actually i, think, like, I think no he, no when i'm looking at tom tit i keep coming up with red skeleton huh when was the all I, all i got was um
1: 1889 yeah, yeah all just, i got was like, like literally weird literally
0: just pictures of red skeleton
1: i just got weird like references to english folk songs
0: i feel like whatever article you read was making fun of you
1: maybe that's just Joaquin Phoenix.
0: That's not Joaquin Phoenix.
1: Oh, never mind. That's Heath Ledger. Keep talking. What? Why are you even looking this up? Because I need to know. This There are things man was not meant to know. Yeah, that's the article I read. I think that's the only mention of Tom Tit. Did the LA Times just make up a fucking clown for this article? Probably. God damn it, LA Times. You're off my list of reliable sources. But- The elevators weren't working yet when they had their big inauguration, and it took an hour for the delegation to make it up the stairs to the top. Uh, Most people stopped on the first or second level to visit the shops and the restaurants and just look out at the general view.
0: That's what I do, yeah.
1: Only a few people were at the top when they raised the 22 foot by 14 foot flag, uh, including it was Eiffel himself, a couple of the engineers, some construction people, a few members of the press, only people who actually made it to the top for this.
0: Tom Tit didn't make it?
1: I assume Tom Tit didn't make it to the top. He was no uh, tip-top Tom Tit. Oh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nine days later, open to the public. The elevators still didn't work. But once they finally got the elevators working, the first writers uh, described the experience as, a, as blood-curdling and jarring. And many people widely exclaimed, like, do you think we'll all be smashed when this finally crashes to the ground?
0: That's how I felt when I went up into the, uh, the arch in St. Louis. Okay, again, remind me what year this was?
1: 1889 why are you still looking up tom tit
0: because i found him
1: his name is foot tit that's even weirder I, f-
0: I think that they fucked up in the uh, in your description thing because this is a famous french clown named Georges footit Tit. uh part of the gl- clown duo footit and chocolate what so he was only half of this clown duo like okay that's all i can find is in reference to famous french clowns with that in his name is this guy Now, granted, he might not have been French.
1: Man, this has been a train wreck of a fucking episode. (laughs) All because I mentioned a clown and someone cannot let clowns go. She loves clowns.
0: I hate clowns. You have an entire box
1: of clown dolls.
0: Uh, I'm going to stop looking at George Footit now because it gets worse.
1: It gets... You can't just leave it at that.
0: His uh, partner was named Chocolate for a reason.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Lots of famous people visited it during the expedition. Uh, Thomas Edison actually went there, gave Eiffel a phonograph, and signed the guest book. So did uh, Wild Bill, because he was in the Paris World's Fair with his Wild West show. You know, the tower was only supposed to stand for 20 years.
0: Well, I think the arch was supposed to stand for a short time, too. If it was built for a World's Fair, it was never supposed to last.
1: Yeah. It was actually designed for the purpose of being torn down. Me too. But it had proven to be successful as a broadcast tower at that point, point. And it was still a popular tourist attraction, so the city elected to keep it. Um, So that was it at first. But then, in 1925, a man named Victor Lustig tried to steal the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Sorry, tried to sell the Eiffel Tower.
0: I like the other version better. In
1: 1925, Victor Lustig tried to sell the Eiffel Tower twice.
0: I actually know about this.
1: He was reading a newspaper article about the expense of maintaining the tower... That it was falling into disrepair and that some of the people were critical that it still didn't fit in with Paris's gothic architecture and the city might be better off with it gone when he got an idea. He pretended to be a French official from the Ministry of Posts and Telegraphs and met in secret because the public would be so outraged about tearing down the tower with a bunch of scrap metal dealers claiming, and cl- claiming that the city was trying to sell it to them so they could tear it down. Mm-hmm. He found his mark with André Poisson and Lustig managed to get a bribe out of him to secure the bid and also a part of the payment for the tower itself before he fled to Austria with the money. After he got there, he, you know, laid low and carefully watched the newspapers to see if anyone was after him. And after a year when he realized none of this had been reported, he thought, I can get away with this again. (laughs) So he went back to Paris and tried to pull the exact same stunt. But this time, someone reported him to the police, and he had to flee to America to escape.
0: Seems about right.
1: But don't worry, um, I could probably have done this entire thing on, on just on v- Victor Lustig, uh, because when he got to America, he went on to con Al Capone, mm-hmm. he started a colossal counterfeiting ring, and- He escaped from prison multiple times until he eventually died of pneumonia in Alcatraz.
0: I actually considered doing Al Capone as my topic this week.
1: Wow! We could have had some overlap.
0: I could have.
1: Yeah, his his entire con against Al Capone was like, hey, I've got this brilliant scheme in which I'm going to take $50,000 and I'm going to turn it into so much more. So he got Al Capone to give him the money and he just took that money, put it in a safety deposit box.
0: (laughs) And then used it for essential oils.
1: Then he, no, he just left it. Then he grabbed all the money originally, came back to Al Capone and says, hey, my entire plan fell through. It didn't work. Here is all of your money back. I'm so sorry this didn't work. And Al Capone was so shocked that someone was being honest with him and was returning the money and not trying to run off. He gave him $5,000 to tide him over until he found his next scheme. Jeez.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, that was...
1: My little thing about the Eiffel Tower. I told you it was a short one this week. That was short. Except, you know, we looked up Tom Tit for 10
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) So, are you ready for some questions? Sure. All right. Will the initial unpopularity of Eiffel Tower be on the test? Yes. Will the fact that it served no purpose be on the test? Yes. Will the fact that it was only meant to be temporary be on the test? Yes. Will Lustig be on the test? I hope so. And will the clown Tom Tit be on the test?
0: No, because he may or may not exist.
1: I don't think he actually existed. J'accuse, L.A. Times.
0: I'm gonna have to look into this. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be my my deal this week. Good.
1: I'm I'm glad you've been running out of projects. We've been both both getting a little stir crazy.
0: I'm not out of projects. I I just don't want to do them by myself. Yeah. Like I look around my house and I'm like. Oh, this was so clean, and now it's not. I'm tired of cleaning the same spot over and over and over. That's
1: exactly where I am.
0: We should hire a... Robot. Robot. Like like Rosie from the Jetsons. That
1: technology exists. Elon Musk. We, you've have,
0: ma- we have a uh, a little vacuum, dude. Yeah, but ours is so stupid. Yeah, you know how they're supposed to like have sensors that keep them from going down the stairs? Ours is like goodbye cruel world and pitched itself down the stairs but it's worked better ever since. And it's just like watching it
1: like once its batteries were low watching it try and make it back to its little charger is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. It's very sad. It makes me angry watching this stupid robot trying to make it home and I do not understand why. Maybe it's because it's not as great it's as- It's so the s-
0: loud.
1: And it's, maybe it's just because it's not as great as the science robots NASA has.
0: Yeah, but we really should actually just get started on our projects again. We've gotten kind of lazy. Like, you know, we had that initial surge of we're here anyway. Let's just get stuff done. And now we're kind of getting back into our old bad habits. So we need to get that surge back. Let's, You yeah. know what we need? Lieutenant Surge? We need Surge.
1: We need Surge Cola? Surge Cola! It's back! I saw it at Quick Trip.
0: Why didn't you bring me home some Surge Cola?
1: Because you're already like this. I don't need you more energetic and ramped up.
0: (laughs) I am so tired. I just want to take a nap.
1: (laughs) Okay, maybe I should have gotten you a surge cola.
0: (laughs) Like, my Coke Zero I have right now just is not cutting it. (laughs) But we love you, Coke, and would love it if you sponsored us.
1: Yes. And also, Elon Musk, Um, if you do make a robot butler, um, we'll test it for you and talk about it on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Because we're fairly certain that you listened to it.
0: Remember last night when I was telling you that I was smarter than Elon Musk?
1: Why were you smarter than Elon Musk? What was the I I remember you telling me this, but I blocked out the rest of your sentence probably out of like self-preservation.
0: I was watching Big Bang Theory and they were talking about how Elon Musk has this theory that we're all just characters in some super racist video game. And I came up with that thought when I was five. I remember sitting in my bedroom when I was five with playing with my dolls and then having this realization that I could be some kind of doll someone else is playing with. Ooh. Like, I could be a character in somebody else's story or in somebody else's game. And I remember actually saying it out loud to myself. And if I could, but I'm five, which means that I'm smarter than Elon Musk because apparently he came up with this idea as an adult.
1: Yep, that tracks. We're just all in Stranger Than Fiction, but it's a video game.
0: I love that movie.
1: Oh, there's a book. Sorry, there's a book. There's a movie starring Matthew McConaughey that's really bad called Serenity. That's basically Stranger Than Fiction, but it's a video game.
0: And it's got Matthew McConaughey. It's
1: got Matthew McConaughey as a fisherman.
0: My God, we watched a Matthew McConaughey movie a couple weeks ago.
1: It was so bad.
0: And we cannot figure out if the problem is Matthew McConaughey or the movies that he chooses. It's the movies that he was
1: in in his rom-com days.
0: But he still does rom-coms and shit.
1: Yeah, and those are still bad.
0: He's like, but is it him or is it the movies? Because like, Is there ever a time you've been like, yes, Matthew McConaughey.
1: Yeah, I really loved him in Interstellar.
0: I never saw that.
1: It's because you have no heart.
0: Which one is Interstellar?
1: Uh, The one where they go to space.
0: Oh, the only one. The only movie in history where <laughs> they go to space. The one where
1: they go to space and it has Matthew McConaughey in it.
0: Who else is in it?
1: Anne Hathaway. John Lithgow. A robot.
0: <laughs> I feel like you're just naming random things now.
1: Matt Damon. <laughs>
0: I have no idea what movie you're talking about. It's interstellar. There's a like, black hole. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, is he talking about the one with Sandra Bullock? And I'm like, nope, no, that that's per- Gravity. That's, like, that has George Clooney in it, I think. I was like, is that the one with Jennifer Lawrence? i like, no, because I think that was her. And that's was Passengers Chris with Chris Pratt. Pratt. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> as you might have guessed by listening to these past episodes, I fucking love space. And hearing her talk about all of these really good space movies and not knowing the difference between them... Hurts my soul a little bit.
0: Okay though, that movie with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, I've never seen it and I've heard it was terrible.
1: It looks awful.
0: But for some reason, for the last week I've really been wanting to watch it. I don't know if it's because we're quarantined and we're the only people each other has to talk to or what. I think
1: that might be it. We need to we um we've bonded over bad movies in the past. I feel like we need to watch another, like, really bad movie.
0: Although we've been off of a bad movie kick because what was it you suggested we watch like twice now?
1: Broadway HD.
0: Yes, we got Broadway HD, the week long thing, the week long free trial. I think it's over now though. And so we're paying for it. And Austin, I've known him since we were 17 and he always made fun of me for being involved with musicals and he hated musicals. Musicals are bad and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's because I
1: like grew up with like the real shitty ones. The King and I? Oh, I fucking hated that movie.
0: I love The King and I. I
1: cannot stand The King and I.
0: Now, were you watching the one with Jodie Foster and Tom Felton? Because that could be the problem. Granted, that wasn't the musical.
1: No, that was... It was the super old one with the white guy and, like, dressed as an Asian guy.
0: Yeah, that's not what we would be watching. This one does not have a white guy dressed as an Asian guy. Okay. But, yeah, Austin, like, we went through the entire thing, and I was like, what do you want to watch first? And Austin, who hates musicals, wanted to watch... Pippin. It's
1: because we had just watched The Birdcage and I wanted to see what Fossey was all about.
0: And now he knows.
1: I was not impressed.
0: You've seen Pippin before though.
1: I I know I have. I remember nothing of it.
0: It was the first show I ever did any stage management work on. And the fucking kid kept disappearing. Like He kept running off. We had to go find him right before he had to come on for his last scene. He was, ugh, children. And then he was like, I want to watch She Loves Me. And you, you chosen them almost every time that you were awake when i put on the put on that channel you've chosen the musical i have which one's been your favorite uh she loves me Mm -hmm.
1: falsettos was good but based on the opening number i thought it was like a bunch of guys plotting to kill somebody not a jarring look at the aids epidemic
0: (laughs) okay nine out of ten musicals these days are a jarring look at the aids epidemic because everything oh god is the newest nonsense rent 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 we're not going to parent because everything is rent.
1: So, here's an important question. Does this mean that the newest nonsense is actually just a jarring look at the AIDS <laughs> epidemic?
0: There are seven versions of nonsense one on of them Broadway has, One
1: of them has to be a jarring look at AIDS. It has to
0: be. If they can have one called Meshuggah Nuns, there has to be one about AIDS.
1: <laughs> Nun rents.
0: Anyway, today... I am here to talk to you about a topic I've been avoiding so far because it seems too on the nose with what's been going on. But this past week, several people in several states decided... I don't like being locked in my house, so I'm going to go protest. I'm going to go put my face up against the window of places, and I'm going to get within six feet of each other, and I'm going to block ambulances from getting to the hospitals because my freedoms. So I got mad. So I'm covering the Spanish flu today. Ooh. My sources are history.com, healthline.com, USA Today, Denver Post, and influenzaarchive.org, not Wikipedia.
1: You didn't use Wikipedia? I didn't
0: use Wikipedia today. Are you just like, are you just flexing on me now? I'm using Rage and a few sources today. Because I am so mad at these people. Like, they know how this disease is spreading and they're either being willfully ignorant and choosing to not believe it's real... Or they know it's real and don't care because for some reason they think they're invincible and other people deserve to get it if they get it. They blocked ambulances from getting to hospitals. You literally killed people. People are dead because of you. It's as simple as that. You are a bad person. Okay,
1: we are definitely filled with rage.
0: (laughs) So before we get into it, there is one major thing I want to clear up. Our so-called leadership has been referring to the current pandemic as the Chinese flu, or my personal favorite, the Kung flu.
1: Ugh. Yeah. I always forget about that one.
0: And they're like, it's okay because the other one was called Spanish flu because it started in Spain.
1: No, it didn't. It started in Kansas. It
0: started in goddamned Kansas. The first case happened on March 4th, 1918, when private... Albert Gitchell of Fort Riley, Kansas, which is right outside of Manhattan, Kansas, where K-State is, started showing cold-like symptoms, including a sore throat, fever, and headache. By noon, over a hundred other soldiers on the base were reporting symptoms. But you know, God forbid we call something the American flu. So it was ultimately called the Spanish flu for two reasons. The reason that they like to tell you is because Spain had an inordinate number of people die, which is true. And if we were going to be naming this after a country like that right now, it would be the Italian flu. But pretty soon it's going to be the American flu. But the real reason, Austin, the real reason it's called the Spanish flu is because unlike Britain, unlike France, and unlike the United States, Spain still had freedom of the press during World War I and actually reported on it. Well, we did not. Oh damn. We actually put a gag order on our press at the time as did Britain and as did France about what they could and could not speak about. Spain did not. So people were like, "Oh, this all is, this is all happening in Spain cuz Spain's reporting on it. We're not reporting on it, so it must not be happening here." Wow. Yeah, so we actually eliminated a good portion of freedom of the press during World War One. Did you ever hear about that in school? I,
1: di- I didn't hear about that in school. i read about it since then, but I didn't know that that's the reason that the Spanish flu is because Spain is just, you know, more free than America.
0: Yeah, Spain was neutral during World War I, and so they actually did reports on stuff. Right now, we are trying to put gag orders on the media once again by refusing to answer simple questions, Trump, and giving false information, Trump, and telling people to not listen to certain news stations, Trump. We are basically getting rid of from the press all over again during another pandemic. We're doing an awesome job here, guys. Hello. Draco's back. Reiko says, I hear mom being angry. I'm here to make it unangry."
1: He thinks we're fighting because you're mad at me. Or you mad at me. You're <laughs> mad at America. God
0: damn it, Austin. Why did you cause the Spanish flu?
1: It's, you know, I had a free weekend. And I was like, man, what would happen if I just mixed all of these, like, you know, viral cultures together and shook them up real hard? You would the- get
0: that polio virus you got a few years ago.
1: I was patient zero for like this weird polio plague that paralyzed some kids.
0: They're fine now. I They're hope.
1: fine now. I hope
0: you weren't patient zero.
1: It's like it, it's like I got the, I got sick while we were on vacation, and then like a week later we started hearing about all of these kids getting this disease, and like it was bad.
0: Yeah, and you had similar symptoms, but not the same set of symptoms. Yeah,
1: I didn't like you know get paralyzed.
0: Well, you also weren't the age where you got people got paralyzed.
1: They don't know how old I am.
0: We've talked multiple times about how old we are in relation to Chrissy Teigen.
1: First of all, Mark is twenty four.
0: <laughs> so, like COVID 19, the Spanish flu looked a lot like the regular flu, just a really bad strain of it. A lot of our current protesters are running around saying, it's just a cold, or it's just a flu, which is what people did back then, too. <laughs> and I'll admit, even in the beginning, I would thought people were freaking out a little bit too much about this because of how many people every year who get the flu and die of it. But I've changed my tune since then because, you know, facts.
1: Uh, we have more solid information now.
0: And also because unlike the flu, nobody chose to not get vaccinated against this. Now I'm not saying you deserve to die of the flu if you don't get the flu vaccine. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you had a choice you made, unlike with COVID-19. Another major difference between the Spanish flu and COVID-19 is that the Spanish flu was less discriminant in who it hit. It didn't matter if you were young or old, didn't matter if you were healthy or vulnerable, you were a target. Except for a couple of small groups, which I'll get into. Have you noticed, though, like, how right now people are actually taking comfort in the fact that it's only killing old people and people with immunocompromised bodies? Yeah, that's That's been kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, it's only killing these people. Like,
1: I don't know actually which politician said this. I'm just assuming he's Southern because, you know, fuck the South. He said, you know, I'm pretty sure... That the greatest generation would be fine with dying of this disease if it meant saving the economy.
0: What bums me out is I have seen Facebook posts by elderly people who said, like, and they were talking about triage situations where it's like, please give, if, like, please make sure that I don't get the equipment, make sure a younger person does. And I'm like, we shouldn't have to be making those decisions.
1: You know what's not, you know what countries aren't making that decisions? Like countries that actually have decent healthcare.
0: <laughs> like the uh, Scandinavian countries? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, and now now states are having to battle for who gets medical supplies. Oh yeah, they are in
1: bidding wars over ventilators.
0: It's, it's pathetic. It is pathetic. Kansas hasn't gotten any.
1: I'm not surprised we can't compete with California and New York. It's not and Texas. that it's
0: that we have a democrat in charge. Oh yeah. One who actually is like no, fuck you and we're actually imposing stuff.
1: That's probably why Kansas is also getting some of the protests. Well, in Kansas City, which is technically Missouri, but <laughs> But
0: Trump doesn't know Trump that. Trump doesn't
1: know that. No, it's Okay, you think that we're exaggerating? He doesn't know that. Every time he's in Kansas City, he talks about how great it is to be in Kansas.
0: And And he's never
1: been in Kansas. So
0: there is a Kansas City, Kansas. He's just never been there. Anyway, so despite how fast the uh, Spanish flu was spreading, it was wartime. So despite us going, huh, look at all these Americans who are sick. Let's send them to Europe. Yay. So within the next two months or so, three fourths of the French military and one half of the British military was infected because of us. And these are the guys we were on the same side as. The first wave, however, was not especially fatal, even when compared to the regular flu. People would feel like shit for three days and they'd get better, for the most part. And then as the summer hit, cases began to calm down. People started to think, oh, this is over. But that's not what was happening. The disease started to mutate instead. Now, one of the key things, if I'm understanding everything I read correctly, is that for a disease to mutate, it needs to stay alive. It needs to get passed from host to host so it can kind of learn how to adapt. Now, in some cases, the disease gets stronger. In some cases, the disease gets weaker. Mutation is normal. It's not an X-Men scary thing. Every disease mutates, period. Every single one, even the ones we have vaccines for. And there is no reason to believe that a vaccine will not work on a mutated version of a disease. But the disease needed to be passed from host to host to mutate. So the disease began to calm down, but it had gotten into enough people for it to realize, oh shit, here's how I survive. And it came back bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah,
1: Yeah, basically it's it's the subsequent generations of viruses that were better suited for survival were the ones that managed to pass on their traits and infect new hosts.
0: In the fall, they began to see a version that could kill a perfectly healthy person in their mid-20s within 24 hours of symptoms setting on. Whoa. In August 1918, military ships brought this version of the flu to France, Boston, and Freetown, West Africa from Britain. And the second wave began. Not only could the second wave kill within 24 hours, it defied the rules of the normal flu. Now, the normal flu, and this is true today... Kills the very young, meaning under the age of five, and the very old, meaning over the age of 65. Now, I know that there's a 66-year-old out there going, I'm not very old. I'm talking in statistics. I'm not talking about you, Gam Gam. (laughs) But that's how the bell curve works. This had a W curve. Now, a W curve means that people under age five and under were were killed. People ages 25 to 35 were killed. And people over 65 were killed. If you were an older child or teenager or what we would consider middle age now, you were less likely to be hit. Whoa. W curve, nobody knows why to this day. Hmm. If I had to wager a guess, it's because between 25 and 35 is when you're going out meeting people, getting married, having kids, blah, blah, blah. So you are being very social, but you don't have that weird immune system that teenagers seem to have. Now, I don't have science to back up the weird teenager immune system, but you've met teenagers. They survive everything. Oh my god,
1: it's, and they make all of their teachers sick.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Also, unlike the flu, the Spanish flu spiked fever so high that they began to blister almost immediately. They had nasal hemorrhaging, and they had pneumonia that was so bad they drowned in their own lungs, which was what ultimately killed them all within 24 hours. Wow. Of symptoms showing up. The thing is, it usually took two weeks for symptoms to show up. <gasps> kind of like coronavirus. Co- wow. In
1: October 1918
0: alone, 195,000 Americans died. The fast death and horrific nature of said death is caused by what's called a cytokine explosion. Remember the other day when I tried to read that scientific document to you and I said "Like I understand like one third of the words
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: cytokine came up about 20 times? Yep. A cytokine explosion is where the immune system sends cytokines, which are proteins that mediate and regulate immunity, to provide what they think is helpful inflammation. Problem is, if you are otherwise helpful, healthy, it basically means your immune system is going into overdrive for no real good reason and it kills you. That's what causes the lung lung swelling and pneumonia. So cytokines are a great thing until they're not. Anyway, James... A historian at the Ohio State University who focuses on World War I and infectious diseases believes that the lack of a quarantine is the major reason that this spread and that politicians were aware that a quarantine could have stopped this and chose to not have a quarantine. God damn it. (laughs) Though Keep Calm and Carry On wouldn't become a British propaganda campaign until 1939, that is what British people were asked to do because politician Arthur Holm was unwilling to permit a strict lockdown as it would not keep the munitions factories open during wartime. So he would rather have had the war continue than be like, you know what, peace out, girls out, and be done with it so that probably less people would have died. And the U.S. was no better. Not only did we really have not really have a nationwide quarantine, there were some packets just like now that had quarantines and saw positive effects. Just like now, we had no nationwide quarantine. To make it worse, they had a nursing shortage. Just Just like like now! Now. And then they worsened that, though, by the Red Cross, who was running a lot of this, not allowing fully trained African-American nurses to help. Well, at least
1: that's not an overt problem we have now.
0: Yep, that's not an overt problem.
1: That's more of an institutional problem, not a de jure problem.
0: Although that actually is still a thing that happens. People still say, like, they see their nurse and they're like, oh, I wanted a white one. What's up with that? Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, do you you think that you're going to turn black if they help you? Like, these are fully trained professionals, you racist piece of shit. Hospitals became overrun to the point where schools, homes, and other buildings had to be converted into makeshift hospitals. Wow. (laughs) And... There, they had medical students who were running everything. They were out of doctors. So it was just students. Additionally, funeral parlors were overrun and people had to dig graves for their own family members. That is super illegal now. So we have bodies that are sitting in refrigerators outside of hospitals, in rooms with air conditioner that's turned way up, whatever they can do, wherever they can find a spot for the body.
1: Yeah, there are places where there's just like a dead relative in another room that is just rotting and nobody can come to move it away. This is happening in New York City. This isn't in like some like third world country. This Mm-mm. isn't in some middle of nowhere thing. This is in New York City.
0: Yeah, this is a very real thing that's happening. There are photos you can find. And people are saying that these photos are not from America. This can't be a real thing. I'm like, no, it's why would they make this up? Like in New York, you can walk down the street and see their refrigerators. And there's this one really sad photo that's inside of a sleep study room that because obviously the hospital's not doing sleep studies. And it's just dead bodies. Just it, like they've turned down the air in that room as cold as they can. And what if one
1: of them wakes up? Imagine the sleep study information they're getting off of that person.
0: <laughs> Jesus, that would be but awesome. Got that this dude was in there for a sleep study and he wakes up amongst dead bodies. That's...
1: Oh, man.
0: Oh. Congratulations.
1: I think we just wrote the next Saturday Night Live sketch.
0: No, no, I don't think even they would go that far. Oh, they God. have a line that they have not crossed since the 1980s. Yeah.
1: Remember
0: the 80s when there were no rules?
1: Oh yes.
0: <laughs> so the, though we knew about vaccines by this time, remember I actually mentioned this yeah. back. I think it was the Tichipa episode, maybe. So we knew about vaccines. Vaccines actually did exist for other diseases, but sorry, I got the hiccups. By this point, they didn't have the tools to develop one for this particular disease. It was just too small to be seen, even by microscopes. And you can't battle what you can't see, unless you're Sam and Dean Winchester.
1: Well, they had. They have ways of cheating.
0: I told you, though. Wait, maybe that was the original version we tried to record. Either way, I told him that Supernatural was going to find a way to come up this time. (laughs) Yes.
1: It's like, now all we need is Tiger King and we have them all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or some Downton Abbey.
1: Oh, Downton Abbey. Well, I mean, that's like going on during this time. I can't remember. Didn't one of them die of it? Oh, yeah. No. It was Matthew's fiance. Yes. She died.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert from a show from eight years ago.
1: Yeah, I think we're safe. We are beyond the statute of spoiler limitation.
0: Back then, some individual places began to put quarantines in place, tell people to wear masks, and shut down places like schools, churches, and theaters during the Spanish flu. So when people say, we've never before been told we couldn't go to church, they're lying. That's a big lie. Well, they're not lying. I hate, I hate the way the liberal use of that word. And I mean liberal as in the adjective, not as in the noun. Yep. Um, Lying is intentional. Spreading false information is not necessarily intentional. People probably don't know that they are spreading false information when they say this has never happened before. So this is not unprecedented. Libraries were also told they couldn't lend books. Yep. And this is all varies by location, of course. And people weren't allowed to spit, like, on the ground. Which I'm a big fan of. I hate seeing people just like walk down the street and spit. My ex used to do it, Ugh. and it made me so mad every single time. See, I
1: I grew up around a lot of people who 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 used like chewing tobacco, mm-hmm. and they'd spit all the time. So I'm kind of like inoculated to spitting. But people who just it's spit for just
0: just walking down the street and spitting on the sidewalk, like people walk there.
1: Yeah, it's gross.
0: So in New York City, Boy Scouts patrolled the streets. And whenever they saw somebody spit, they would hand them a card that said, You are in violation of the sanitary code. i love that boy scouts serving a purpose
1: so what you're saying is we need to make cards that say you are in violation of the sanitary code and just start handing them out whenever we see people
0: oh my god we're well i guess like
1: throwing them at people from six feet away
0: we were watching that global together i actually mentioned it someplace later but whatever it was called concert yesterday yeah and there were these photos of these major cities like new york and london and rome and venice and they are completely empty These streets were totally empty. And sometimes I sit and watch live cams from big cities to see what it looks like there because I love traveling. I've been to all these major cities and you can't walk. Like, you have to just kind of hold still and wait for an opening, usually. When I was watching a live cam of, of Times Square, I was like, Austin, I can't believe this. And I like, turned it to him. We saw one car and two people in the entire, like, five minutes we were watching.
1: The And I, one of the cars was a cop car.
0: Uh, yeah, the cop car was just sitting there. I'm talking yeah. about one that was just driving.
1: No, that one driving was a cop car.
0: Oh, the other, yeah. both cop cars? Yeah. But if you look out your window at where we live people constantly driving everywhere like it's not not quite business as usual but it's pretty busy
1: which goes which is pretty telling because most of the deaths in our area are from a very specific part of our neighborhood
0: although are they, i don't think they're letting people in and out are they they are they are, they
1: are. yeah i i saw them i saw people from there walking
0: oh uh, yeah um most of the deaths have been from very nearby us. You go shopping, you've seen it.
1: It's bedlam.
0: And it's one thing at the stores. Now, you expect there to be people at the stores because you gotta eat. You've seen what it's like when you drive down the street. Like, there's no way every single one of these people is out doing something essential. No. Anyway, so Philadelphia, there is a meme going around saying that Philadelphia decided to quarantine and then decided to unquarantine to boost morale and then everybody died two days later. That is all incorrect. Philadelphia tried to pretend from the beginning that there wasn't a problem to the point where they had a parade that was already planned on September 18th, 1918. What on earth was this parade for? Oh, something to do with war bonds or something. I didn't write that down. Within 10 days. So not the two days that is on the meme. Within 10 days. A thousand people were dead and 200,000 were sick. That is double the number that was at the parade. There were not 200,000 people at the parade. There were something like 100,000 people at the parade, who then spread it to other people. Six months later, over 15,000 were dead. Again, not two to three days later, six months. The disease needs time to incubate. St. Louis, though, on the other hand, go St. Louis! St. Louis said, fuck this, and immediately closed schools, movie theaters, and banned public gatherings. Their peak mortality rate was one-eighth the peak mortality rate of Philadelphia's.
1: Good good job, St. Louis. You are making up for the... Awful, awful quality of your Cardinals fans.
0: I was raised in the Cardinals.
1: The Cardinals are a fine team, but oh my God, they have some of the just like nastiest fans.
0: Although granted, I was I was raised to be a Red Sox fan, but I was raised going to Cardinals games because I lived in St. Louis. But you know, go Sox. Royals for life. Oh, so, Sox for life. By the winter, they thought it was finally over. So obviously the third wave began. This one started in Australia in January 1919 and ended up back in the US and Europe. And in fact, it's thought that President Wilson got Spanish flu. During negotiations in April in 1919, the mort- mortality rate was just as high, but the end of the war stopped allowing the disease to, sp- to spread as widely and as quickly. It is believed that over 500 million people or one third of the world's populations got this disease by the end of the two years it was active. So in two years, one third of the population got it. The number of deaths is to believe to have been 50 million with 675,000 in the U.S. alone. By comparison, there were only about 40 million total casualties between injuries and deaths in World War I itself. Wow. 500 million people got Spanish flu. 40 million got hurt or died during the war. Fewer than died of Spanish flu. Between 2009 and 2010, 12,000 people in the U.S. died of swine flu. This is less than one third of the number who died of coronavirus in the last two months in the United States. We've had uh, 39,000 deaths as of today in the United States from coronavirus. In the full year that swine flu was active, there were 12,000. Wow. So this is a big fucking deal. And I'm speaking as somebody who got swine flu. Oh God, you were like the
1: sickest you've ever been.
0: Yeah, you weren't around during that, but I think I texted you a lot. You did. I was so sick that Lost made perfect sense. That's what you were
1: texting me about. You were trying to explain Lost to me. And it made no sense what you were saying, but you were so convinced about everything.
0: Yeah. As of April 19th, which is the day we're recording, there are there have been over 2.3 million cases of COVID-19 worldwide and 737,000 in the U.S., with 39,000 of ours resulting in deaths. And these are the ones that we can validate in some way. The numbers are likely much higher, and it has been a very short com- amount of time compared to anything else that, that I've talked about. Oof. Since COVID-19 hit the U.S. in March or so, we have had 5.8% of the deaths we had in the entire two plus years of the Spanish flu, which doesn't sound like a lot until you think about the fact that it's only been two months at most, more than six
1: weeks. Does it, it feels like it's been way longer than two months.
0: Wait, no, it's been a month. It's been a month.
1: It feels like it's been longer than two months
0: dear it's like because what the last things we got to do were for my birthday which was march 4th and then the world shut down that weekend more or or less and so it's been six weeks at most yeah and we've had this many deaths 5.8 percent of the total deaths we had in spanish flu we have had in the last six or so weeks in the united states so guys stay the fuck home
1: stay home wash your hands
0: like basically this episode is just is why I wanted to do this podcast in general. We're talking about things we didn't learn, didn't learn fully or didn't learn correctly in school. Spanish flu was a footnote of a footnote in my education. It didn't even get a full page in say. It
1: was it was like a paragraph in World War 1 was the Spanish flu. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. And because we didn't learn about it, as the cliche goes, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. And right now we see people protesting, literally getting into large groups to protest, needing to self-isolate so they don't die from the exact same thing people died of 100 years ago. I mean, it's not the same disease, but it's the same set of symptoms, for God's sake. They're getting together in groups. They're screaming. They're literally, literally blocking ambulances from getting to hospitals. They are killing people, if not by contracting and spreading COVID-19, by blocking their ability to get to the hospital if they already have it or another life-threatening thing, by not allowing nurses, doctors, and EMTs to do their fucking jobs, all because we don't know how diseases work. We have experienced this before. This is not the first time we've had a pandemic of this magnitude. But we learned nothing. We learned nothing. And in it's in no small part because of the media block debt blockout that was done. The reason we don't learn about this in school is because there are no primary resources that are in English to learn from. Oh. So let's talk about a couple of places that actually followed the rules that we have now back in 1918 to 1920. Okay. Denver. This is another meme that you've likely seen going around the Facebooks. Denver, um, right after that, right during quarantine, then Denver's rates when, when it went back up after they stopped the quarantine too early. Mm-hmm. That one's actually accurate. I know a Facebook meme that's accurate.
1: It's, oh, okay. Facebook is pissing me off because they've been cracking down on disinformation on COVID-19. Uh-huh. But they're like, oh yeah, politicians can lie all the fuck they want.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Denver started by making solid recommendations to their people including things like sanitize your throat. So maybe they were handing out Hennessy, too. I don't know. It's
1: like that Kenyan governor is a student of history.
0: (laughs) But they didn't really reinforce them at first, even allowing people to congregate to see a warplane at Cheeseman Park, which was 40,000 people, and a war bond parade, which was 10,000 people. Obviously, people in Denver began getting sick and dying. So medical officials began to recommend social distancing. They didn't call it that. but social distancing has been around for a very long time. With one saying, if you are sick and do not stay away from social gatherings, you have the heart of a hun. Oh. I know. That's like us saying, if you don't social distance, you're a goddamn terrorist. Which though, what do you get charged with if you intentionally cough on someone?
1: Making terroristic threats. What do you do if you
0: shout that I have coronavirus in a grocery store?
1: Why? You are, um.
0: Charged with? with
1: causing a disturbance? And? Making terroristic threats?
0: Yes. So basically, he was saying if you don't do social distancing, you're a goddamn terrorist. By mid-October in Denver, their mayor b- managed to ban indoor gatherings and limit passengers and streetcars with only essential businesses allowed to stay open. They didn't have carry out and delivery like we do now, so restaurants were considered essential businesses and were still open, open. He thought that open air gatherings were fine because this was back when we still thought that, you know, fresh air would cure your diseases. Mm-hmm. People, God, there are still people who are like, you know what will cure this is getting out in the sunshine.
1: Why? I don't know why you're all so depressed when you can go outside and walk a dog and start marathon running.
0: People think that sunshine cures everything. I'm like, really? Then why are people in Florida getting this too? It's like it's sunshine. It's literally called the sun si- sunshine state.
1: Sunshine cures everything except for skin cancer.
0: <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Um, Sunshine can cure your vitamin D deficiency, and that's about it. (laughs) There is evidence that being out in the sun can help with mood-altering effects, but that is because of vitamin D being a mood-altering vitamin. Uh, Even with him still allowing the the open-air stuff, their curve began to flatten. But then business owners started to say, this isn't worth it. So less than a month later, he relented. And two weeks after that, 22 people died in just one day and thousands were sick. So 10 to 14 days was the germination period for this, just like it is with what we have now.
1: The incubation period.
0: Thank you. So two weeks later, everybody's dying again.
1: I, was, I This was World War I. They might have been calling it the germination period to blame the Germans.
0: Maybe. So he had to reimpose the restrictions. 200 miles away, though, there's a town called Gunnison. Gunnison saw this and went, oh, fuck this, and completely locked down the town immediately. They didn't even have a case yet. And so if you showed up in their town, you were immediately put into quarantine. If you sneaked into the town, you were immediately arrested and put into quarantine. They outlawed any large gatherings. They took it so seriously that their town remained largely untouched because they immediately went into lockdown. Good for them. Gunnison is still there. And as of March 29th of this year, they had the highest number of cases per 100,000 people of coronavirus in Colorado. Dude, it's like, they it's need not to- their fault. They need
1: to reanimate that mayor from back then and put him in charge. Well,
0: it's not their fault. They are a ski town and people would not cancel their ski oh. vacation. It goes back to the fact that airlines won't let you cancel. Hotels won't let you cancel. So you've got these trips planned and you're out thousands of dollars. And before March 29th, we still didn't really understand how big of a deal this was. So yep. it's not Gunnison's fault. But Gunnison, like their mayor is like, we've done this before. We're going to have to go back to doing this again and hope that, and that was, you know, almost a month ago now, three weeks ago. Hopefully they've gotten it under control. Another good example is San Francisco. I love what San Francisco did. And then I hate what they did not do and all this. So basically they resisted for a long time. And then they started recommending that everybody would wear a mask at all times, even if they were just with one other person, unless they were actively eating food. You wear a mask all the rest of the time. People started complaining, saying that it's unconstitutional to make them wear masks. I don't think there's anything in the Constitution that says you have to wear pants, but here we are.
1: Wait, you say I've been wearing pants all of this time.
0: And the Constitution doesn't say you have to.
1: So no, it's the right to bear arms. I can be shirtless, but I have to wear pants. I don't have a right to bear legs.
0: You're spelling bear wrong.
1: Ah, that's my bear impression. Then they
0: started charging five dollars to anybody who was seen in public without a mask. Which was a lot of money back then.
1: That's a whole how much money was that back then, adjusted for inflation?
0: Twenty billion dollars.
1: That seems right. <laughs>
0: And then they also, you know, began to, like, arrest people for not wearing masks. And their curve began to flatten. So, obviously, they lifted all the restrictions. On November 21st of that year, San Franciscans simultaneously took off their masks when a whistle blew. It was this big, you know, amazing moment. And then two weeks later, the disease was back. (laughs) Two weeks, guys. Though at a smaller amount. So, they didn't close businesses this time like they had previously. Then January happened and 600 new cases were reported. So, they had to make the masks mandatory, as I've just recommended again. People started complaining again because they'd already forgotten about the curve flattening. While the masks themselves were not perfect, and there is some people who were like, they didn't help at all, they clearly did. And shoddy materials are better than no materials. The Spanish flu taught us more than anything that social distancing works. Places that disallowed public gatherings quickly and imposed strict punishments for ignoring it had their curves flattened, or perhaps like in the case of Gunnison, this disease never hit them at all. Now, people are using these flattening curves we're seeing right now, or a fact that their town hasn't been hit as a quote-unquote reason we don't need social distancing, rather than social distancing being understood as the cause of this curve flattening. That's just basic logic, people. Basic logic. They are are also saying that social distancing isn't a cure, so it's therefore just extending the problem. But I think one of the global doctors on that Global Citizen Together at Home concert put it best. We are buying time. Yes. Nobody, nobody is saying that social distancing will cure this. Exactly zero people with medical training have been like, yes, this is the cure. This is making it so that medical professionals have time to devote, first of all, to getting sleep once in a while. And then secondly, to finding a cure or a vaccine instead of just having to triage patients all the time. If we keep social distancing, we are doing everything we can to avoid spreading it, giving them a break, letting the ventilators actually have like have enough ventilators for people and giving the virus fewer chances to to mutate in the first place. Because the fewer people it reaches the fewer times it can mutate. And even though the mutations we have seen, because there have been mutations, are subtle and will not hurt a vaccine, we could, very, very unlikely and not to be alarmist, get to point where it turns into a different disease. So stay away from each other. So we've got doctors and nurses who are dying to keep us alive. And so if you knowingly go to a place you don't need to go, like we need food, so you've got to go get food. But God's not taking attendance. You don't have to go to church. I saw um, someone said, it's like, you know, if God is
1: everywhere, they're really just upset about you not being by their collection plate.
0: Yeah. God's not taking attendance. I took, I taught world religions. Not a single one of the religions I taught had a God that took attendance.
1: Well, except for Attendius, the Roman God. (laughs) Uh, Attendius, the counter of students. His symbol is a list with one name not checked off.
0: Yeah. If you are a worshiper of Attendius and you don't go to hell, you don't go to church, you're going to hell.
1: But I don't think there's many attendius churches around us.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. Those seats have been empty for a long time.
1: Yeah. And lo, they'd had the name, the reading of the names and not a one was in attendance. And attendius was sad.
0: <laughs> Are you ready for some questions? I'm born ready. All right. Will the fact that people during the Spanish flu refused quarantine so they could keep the economy open and the war machine running, despite knowing the fact that quarantining was the safest thing to do, be on the test? No. Will the fact that the Spanish flu was first found in the United States be on the test?
1: You know what? I will say it's going to be on the test in Kansas because we've got so little to be proud of. And this is a
0: look at us. We matter moment. <laughs> will the fact that the U.S. put gag orders on the press be on the test? Oh, God, no. And will the fact that we are repeating history by protesting our desire to go into public places that and totally kill people as a result be on the test?
1: No. No, it will not.
0: <laughs> Guys, don't kill people. It's not a cool thing to do.
1: And also, if you do this, it's just more people are going to get sick, and then it's going to be longer until they like other places that are actually following the rules can lift their things and people can go back to work. You are defeating the entire purpose of your protest by protesting,
0: guys. It's time to remember more than any other time that you don't matter more than anyone else, and your rights, your rights extend as far as your body extends. You don't have like people are like. I don't care if I get sick. Well, that's fine, bully for you, but you're not allowed to go to the grocery store anymore because you have taken away somebody else's right to safely go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So, what's thing you learned this week? Other than the fact that I am full of rage about everything.
1: Uh, I, no, I didn't learn that this week. I've known that for four years. <laughs> Longer than that. 17 years. Seven, seven, it's been 17 years. No, um, I learned... That goddamn history repeats itself. And like, I knew it was to an extent, but I didn't realize that we were just recycling this old script.
0: Exact same script almost exactly a hundred years ago. Ugh. And you know, just, ugh. Ugh. Indeed.
1: Yeah. What did you learn this week?
0: Tom Tit! Tom (laughs) Tit! (laughs) I actually have to find out if Tom Tit was real because I've got so many questions now. I think the LA Times lied to me. Um, I actually didn't know that the French were very against the Eiffel Tower to begin with. Yeah, it was, it wasn't
1: all of the French. It was mostly like the French artistic elite were very Mm -hmm. opposed. Mm -hmm. It was like, I just imagine it was a hundred different Frasers, but with a French accent. (laughs) Getting very upset about this.
0: (laughs) Did you know that Kelsey Grammer was the original Gecko for the Geico commercials? What? Yeah.
1: Okay, that's what I learned this week. I'm replacing <laughs> what I said. Kelsey Grammer is the original Gecko.
0: Yeah, he was the Gecko until 2000, I think six, and then he got switched to this Cockney accent. And then that guy got fired a couple years ago. Wow. I, I read a whole thing the other day about like oh, that's how right. much people with commercials. That's right. I was trying day.
1: to I was trying to read a book, and you kept shouting to me how much money different actors make. For and commercials.
0: I can't even verify that any of it was true. But I learned that. Like, based on this, the guy who plays Mayhem in those, like, insurance commercials supposedly gets paid between four and $5,000 every single time one of those commercials airs. I, I love everything about that. Those are my favorite commercials.
1: Those are some good those commercials. Those are the opposite
0: of the Charmin Bear commercials. Ugh. Also, why are toilet paper commercials still happening?
1: Did you see, like, some of the crazy off-brand toilet paper people have been finding? No. Like, my favorite, it was, like, the Smile brand. Mm-hmm. And... The artwork of it is just this like manic looking child and she's holding up hands covered in different colors of paint on this toilet paper roll. <laughs> and it's like, is she just shitting paint everywhere?
0: <laughs> Austin actually did manage to find a toilet paper this week. That was this I, week, right?
1: It's all blending together.
0: You know, that was this week. because yeah. You start, uh, you start your new thing on Monday. So. I start
1: my new thing on Monday.
0: So, yeah, we found some toilet paper. We'll be, we'll be good for the next couple of months, we think. Um, he did not buy 20 different packages or anything. He bought no, one package bought one like the pa- same person. I bought
1: one package.
0: We had some leftover from our package that we bought at Costco six months ago.
1: It's been longer than six months on that package.
0: But we kind of figure since we're home all the time now, it'd be good to have a few extra rolls. So we have some toilet paper. Like, that's the most exciting thing that's happened in a long time.
1: It sadly is. Like, I came home from the store and it's like... I got us life-sustaining food and toilet paper. I was so proud.
0: Um, let's see. Oh, we ordered food this week. That was exciting. Yeah,
1: we ordered food oh, for Oh my
0: our- God, we didn't talk about what happened with the food.
1: Oh, uh, let's, let's save that for another time because I feel like we're going to be really boring for the next week. Solo we'll needed something to talk about. Tune in next week to find out what happened on our adventures with ordering food.
0: <laughs> we are super cool people.
1: <laughs> you know, the sad thing is- we were talking about ordering food. That was really exciting because like I didn't have to cook something and I was very- But then excited. you did. See, oh, and now they understand the twist. We are good at like foreshadowing this entire experience.
0: But the moral of the story is tip your delivery guy.
1: Always tip your delivery guy.
0: And on that note-
1: um, We should probably talk about all, all, right. of our different, all of our different social medias. Like I know we've got our website at onthetestpod.com.
0: Yes, except for the word at.
1: Onthetestpod.com.
0: We're on the Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash on the test pod.
1: We're on Twitter at on the test pod.
0: Instagram at on the test pod. Reach out to us on there. We have an email address, but it's not even worth it.
1: Yeah. Just just add us.
0: Yeah. At us and add us. Both we'll yeah. of those things. And rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We get really excited whenever we find a new review. I know. It's like, this is the highlight of our lives at this point, guys.
1: This is how we're getting our socialization in. And it's, it's kind of like in real life because we're just shouting into the void and hoping someone's listening to us.
0: <laughs> That's actually very true. <laughs> I, I will say, I kind of, I don't hate being in self-isolation. Yeah. Austin kind of does. Austin's more of an extrovert than I am.
1: Well, it's okay because I go back to work on Monday.
0: Yeah. Um, and what's going to happen as soon as you get home?
1: Uh, I'm going to strip down in the yard, hose myself off with bleach.
0: <laughs> Give the neighbors
1: quite the show. You know, they're supposed to be social distancing. They shouldn't be looking out their windows.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what social distancing means. I, I assume. My work is still having us all work from home. We are aware of how lucky we are in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So, Tip your delivery, people.
1: Wash your hands. Wash
0: your hands. Be extra nice to the grocery store clerk because their job sucks in a normal time. And...
1: Now they're getting um, paid to endanger their lives on a daily basis so you can have your quinoa. <laughs>
0: of quinoa and your kale Dude,
1: gonna, i was straight up tempted to start growing kale in case we need to start trading it for toilet paper
0: it's the same texture
1: i guess we could i could start growing kale to use as toilet paper
0: kale is the worst kale toilet is- paper
1: is the best use for kale um if you think i'm wrong contact us on social media and tell me why i'm wrong about kale i'm not
0: kale is lettuce that makes me sad
1: I did plant regular lettuce.
0: Okay, good. I like
1: it. We, we got a bitchin' garden, too. And if you want to ask about that, go ahead. Because I'm proud of it.
0: If you want to ask him, though, don't ask me because ask I kill everything. Ask
1: her about the garden and then you'll say, um, I think this is a plant that's in it. I don't know if we can eat it. I'll ask Austin later.
0: <laughs> and then I'll forget to ask him. All right, and on that note, class,
1: class dismissed. dismissed.